Blog Talk Radio. It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Film Festival Radio Show. This is our podcast edition of the show. And as always, we thank you guys for listening to the show all of these years, 13 years now since we've been podcasting. Back at a time we started this show when no one knew what a podcast was or barely even cared. But now, of course, Podcasting is the rave. Everybody's doing it. So it's always good to know that you and I and all of you listeners out there, we were one of the pioneers that helped to usher in this fun, uh, now they're saying it's a new trend, but we were here, we are still here, and so are you. So let's get it on here. As the song used to say, well, we're just a few days away from Halloween. Oh, yes, Halloween, finally. But you know something, this year, 2020, it just seems like a very long day in, day out Halloween with the pandemic and with the crazy election. And it's just, oh my goodness, just yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the real Halloween, of course, will be just in a few more days. You guys got, you have your costumes yet? What are you going to do? You going to get your costumes? I don't think, I don't, I don't have one. I I think just, you know, just showing up. That's that's enough. That's enough for me for this year. But if you are planning on something for this uh, Halloween coming up here, make sure you stay safe, uh, stay healthy, and, you know, maintain the, the health requirements and, uh, yeah, wearing masks. But you're going to have a mask anyway for the Halloween costume. Make your mask a part of your costume. Maybe you've already decided on doing that. I don't know. But anyway, you know what would be fun? Send us some pictures of what your costume looks like. Info at filmfestivalradio.com. And we would love to see what you got going on there. I know it's cute and fun and kind of scary all at the same time. Okay, let's talk about our first guest here to further speak of Halloween. Uh, I am just delighted. I can't wait to chat with her. Her name is Kat Thomas. And she has got a business right here in Las Vegas. It's gotten chilly here in Vegas, which is good. It's real pleasant now. But anyway, Kat Thomas, she calls herself the Wine Goddess LV, Wine Goddess Las Vegas. Uh, And that's a fun title there. And what it is, she has come up with some really cool tips and ideas of what to do with leftover Halloween candy for adults. Now, these ideas are not for kids. Again, these are for adults, these ideas, and they're fun, and they sound very, very delicious. And so if you are an an adult, 18 and over, uh, Halloween things to do with leftover candy, and you know it's going to be a lot of candy left. And so she has information about what we can 
what kind of uh, sherry, to be exact, uh, sherry liquors and wine that you can pair up with various candies like like Hershey candies or uh, what else, uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup or uh, Heath Bars, just all the candies that we, we love so much. Never thought about what to do with candy after Halloween except for just, just much crunch and eat it during the favorite movies or football games or whatever it is that you like to do. But Kat has come up with some really cool ideas. We're going to have a lot of candy left over. And so why not just, you know, just eat it, you know, drinking maybe milk or soda, put some sherry with it or some kind of wine. And so that's what she's going to tell us about and give us some tips here on what to do post Halloween after the all trick or treating is all said and done. She has some ideas for us. So I think this is a new fun thing to do. And uh, let's bring on Kat Thomas, the wine goddess LV Las Vegas, to find out more information on what she suggests or what we can do with all of that trick or treat candy. Of course, we're going to give some to the kids, not too much, but uh, the rest of it goes to us. And we're going to have some fun while we're eating on it and sipping our sippy to see what we uh, can get and learn from Kat. So let's bring her on board right now. Okay, listeners, we have our first guest with us. She's a young lady who is based right here in the Las Vegas area. Her name is Kat Thomas, and she is the official wine goddess of Las Vegas. Kat, welcome to the show. Oh, that's such an amazing introduction. I am smiling so brightly. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. Well, I got the information about this story, and here we are. It's Halloween. It's Saturday, of course. Uh, Halloween finally got here. But it seems like this whole year has been Halloween. It's been so scary. But anyway. That's true. Good analogy. It really has. So, but what, what you have, you have a very unique story here um, about pairing and what to do with leftover Halloween candy besides eat it all up and get fat. So tell, first of all, tell everybody about your business and being the wine goddess, and then tell us what to do with some of that Halloween leftover candy. Of course. So happy Halloween to everyone out there. And, yes, candy is great um, to eat on its own. But there's so many other fun ways to not feel maybe as guilty or have some more fun with it. Um, I am the Wine Goddess LV, yes, of Las Vegas. And I have my own consulting and education platform called Core Body Mind, where I focus on the mental aspects of the hospitality industry and offer courses in mindfulness and yoga and strength training as well as my consulting for what to do in your world and be happy and excited about beverages and hospitality. So that is a fun aspect that I get to have because I get to feel good and do good. So at least in my head, that's what I'm hoping to do for people. Um, what, what we kind of were going over is this wonderful thing called Sherry. And Sherry, you know, is a wonderful song that maybe some people remember, Sherry Baby. Yes. Um, but Sherry is a wonderful wine, and people forget that it's a wine because it's rarely showing up on the main pages of a wine list. And yet 
it is an amazing food and wine pairing um, protagonist, and it actually is something that should be in the beginning and definitely at the end of a wine list, if not somewhere in the middle. Um, but today, we're going to talk about how sherry can be the ultimate pairing for that leftover fun candy. And when I say leftover, you know, sometimes there's the Tootsie Rolls at the bottom of the bag that somehow got missed, even though they are amazing. And if anybody out there knows what I'm talking about, go unwrap one and let it kind of warm up a little bit. But that seems to get left in the bottom of the bag. Um, if you've got some chunky bars, which I didn't even know if we still made those on this planet, but we do, and they're great because they have all those aspects of all the great things that should go into a candy bar, at least to me. There's raisins, there's nuts, there's mm -hmm. milk chocolate. It's just one big fat bar. It's amazing. And then there's other alternatives that we can talk about as well. And so, I don't know if I should keep going and take a breath. <laughs> no, you're doing just fine. I'm just thinking about how... You know, I I love the, I grew up, so many of us grew up with the old-fashioned chunky bar, the little chunky bar. I love those things. And so so mm -hmm. it's okay to have, so is it okay to have a chunky bar and maybe three or four Hershey's Kisses and, and have that with some sherry? Is, is that the, the pretty much the way to do it? Of course. So now there's different styles of sherry. So there's really just bone dry, high acid, just, Sherry's that you just want to have kind of with your salumi and your Iberico hands or your manzanilla olives. Those aren't the sherries that I'm speaking of. The sherries that we're going to discuss today are all in the Oloroso cream and PX style. So PX, if you ever see that on a label, it stands for Pedro Jimenez. And that's the style of the sherry as well as the grape. And if you see PX and you like sweet things and you like chocolate and all that other stuff, that's the sherry for you. That's the wine for you. And I'll, I'm just, if I may, go through a few different pairings and sure. maybe suggest some things. Okay. So Alfonso Oloroso. This is what I actually have in my glass right now. So I'm excited. Okay. And... Oloroso is a style of sherry that can be uh, maybe a little sweeter, but it's typically on the drier style of the richer um, amber-colored sherries. And Gonzalez Diaz has this amazing one. It's called Alfonso. It's beautiful, and it is actually on the drier side. But what all Oloroso sherries do is they are textured, meaning there's going to be some weight and kind of grip on the palate and kind of like that full-bodiedness, and they're going to have a little bit of nuttiness to them. And I suggest this in the bathtub, but, of course, we're going to bring some candy in there with us, and we want to kind of add that little bit of the trick-or-treat here of salty and sweet. And what's going to happen when we add a little bit of salty and nuttiness and a little bit of chocolate to this Oloroso, you're going to get that gentle rocking back and forth, mm -hmm. and it's like the perfect Goldilocks situation for the mouth. <laughs> and I suggested a heat bar, and, oh. and all the bliss on the planet is yours because you're getting that toffee and that, that kind of lighter style of, of less chocolate and a little more of the nuttiness. And with this Oloroso style, this Gonzalez Bias is what I'm jamming on right now, the Alfonso, this is really going to be 
one of the better parents. So think of those kind of, uh, those crunchy, less chocolate, nutty, anything with hazelnut or almond kind of pairing with that. And if somebody isn't able to eat peanuts and nuts like that, um, almond M&Ms are a great option because, again, you've got that crunchiness that adds to that kind of textural quality, and then you've got the nuttiness overriding and just a little thin hint of chocolate. Oh, man, it's Um, delicious. Yeah, and, again, have it in the bathtub. It's great. It's relaxing. It's lovely. The pairing is phenomenal. Um, and then the Chunky Bar. Let's just talk about the Chunky Bar because Please. I was so excited when I found out that they still make this because Me I too. love it, right? Me too. Grew up on it. It's that, right. And it's, there's no tricks to this pairing. If you were to do something like a cream sherry and, you know, the, the English may or may not have decided to use the best reference when they decided to call this cream sherry because it might put into somebody's head the idea of, oh, God, wine and cream. And all this indicates is a richer style and a sweeter style and a blend, basically, of sherry. And there's no actual milk product put in there. There's no heavy creams mixed in with it, but it's a creamy style of sherry. And I would say if you go with something like a Harvey's Bristol cream, if that doesn't speak to the most traditional name out there for for a cream sherry, then I don't know what does. So we go with tradition, right? We're Mm -hmm. thinking traditional candy bars. So we unwrap that chunky bar and all of a sudden you find a responsibly balanced bite between the dried fruit and sweet chocolate of the bar with all of that sweet kind of caramel and nuttiness yes. and dried fruit that you actually find in the Bristol cream. It's, it's really fun. It is. It's just a perfect, for me at least, candy bar next to Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Now, what goes good with Reese's Peanut oh, Butter Cups? Oh, <laughs> boy. Yeah. Well, now we get into... Peanut butter. Now, I will say Oloroso, because it's a a peanut, it's nutty, buttery, that can also go with Oloroso, a little sweeter style, I would say. And what I would suggest for that would be kind of going on the Nectar PX, like this PX style, which is nice, it's rich, very viscous. So full-bodied, you're going to want to take little sips here, unless you really love that sweet, raisinated kind of texture on your palate, and a lot of people do, but I would say take little sips, and you've already gotten into the goodie bag with one sip of a PX, and with the Nectar PX, it's heaven all around, so I did, I'm going to start with the Tootsie Roll idea, because they get overlooked so many times. They do. If you pull out a Tootsie Roll, and you pair it with the PX, you're going to find simple fabulousness on the palate, in the mind, in the heart. Um, but let's get to that that Snickers and the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups because those two are probably one of the most bought candy bars yeah. on the planet. I'm pretty sure that's what I saw. And you get that creamy, beautiful, rich texture and that, that beautiful, sweet peanut butter that's going to pair with that dried kind of raisinated fruit flavor of your uh, PX sherry, 
And then you got the chocolate and, and it's heaven. So basically you've made your own chunky bar with your wine and your Reese's peanut butter cup. So there you go. You've already <laughs> made a new creation. And then if we look at a Snickers, I'm going to suggest going with more of a Snickers dark bar. And I didn't even know, I haven't tried these in a, in a few uh, years myself, but they actually make a Mars dark noir, which has almonds in case, again, you can't have peanuts. And they have a dark Snickers bar. And I love the pairing of a little darker, um, and I think they actually make a dark Reese's peanut butter cup now, too. They do. Uh-huh. This dark chocolate. Yeah, the dark chocolate and the PX. Oh, my gosh. And anything nutty and creamy dreamy. I'm just very excited by all this. I'm I'm really kind of hungry right now. Uh, me, too. <laughs> me, too. <laughs> you have done, the, done your job, believe me. <laughs> Take a bath, grab a glass of sherry, and pick out some candy. 
I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of filters on these social media things. You can make scary faces and post it. Um, you know, I, I just have to say, being in Las Vegas for 23 years now, I love it. It's home. I, I don't want to leave. And I've had a lot of good times being out on Halloween. And I think it's, it's time to just sit back and appreciate that we can sit back yeah. and we can indulge and enjoy. I'm still going to dress up. I bought my Halloween costume like two months ago and I've been wearing it out and about. <laughs> it's kind of fun for me, but uh, have some fun, like put some goofy movies on. I'm telling you, take a bath. It's take the best thing. Yeah. And just really take the time. It, it, you can scare yourself by sitting with yourself if you like being scared and you want to hide. You can be scared all you want by yourself, but take the time and enjoy it. I totally agree. Yes, definitely so. And now there's so many great st uh, streaming movies and TV shows we can watch and stuff and such, I should say. And so, yeah, and maybe invite one or two people over, your spouse or your significant other. Yeah, it can still be fun. Just tone it down a bit. Yeah. Just a bit. Well, yes, enjoy yourself wherever you are and be safe, of course. And be safe, of course. So what, what's your costume for this year? Oh, I am a nun. Oh, wow. And uh, that is probably a very fun thing for people to see on me because eh. that's it. This <laughs> maybe not the best nun. The sipping nun. Oh my, that's a good one. <laughs> sipping nun, yes. Sipping nun, <laughs> who happens to be by day the wine goddess of Las Vegas. Yes. <laughs> it's holy wine, right? It's holy, it's holy wine. wine. If I have the costume on. <laughs> Well, lastly, Kat, tell everybody your website if they want to get in touch with you. Uh, what do they need to do? Well, um, just shout out and I will find you. No. So my uh, website is under Wix. Um, so it's core hyphen. I think that's what it's still called in life. So core hyphen bodymind.com or they can more easily I would say find me on Instagram okay and I'm there as at wine goddess LV w-i-n-e-g-o-d-d-e-s-s-l-v and I also have a core body mind uh, handle as well but that's really more for the yoga and if anybody's interested in yoga I'm also there for that Okay, so that's at Wine Goddess LV as in Las Vegas, and you can find everything yep. uh, on on Instagram for you. Wow. Well, I, you know what? I am going to go ahead and get that candy and just bust into it. It's in the trunk of my car, but I'm going to bust into it. Get me some sherry. Go to my favorite liquor place, which is almost on every corner in Vegas. Thank goodness, and uh, <laughs> and just indulge. I'm going to follow your advice. And just make it a fun evening and just be peaceful and just watch the Twilight Zone reruns or something. Scare myself. Yeah. Good. That's it. That sounds amazing. I think it is. Well, Kat, thank you so much for the tips. You've been so much fun and helpful all at the same time. So happy Halloween to you. And uh, we look forward to having you to come back on the show for next year or whatever you got going by then. Thank you so much. Okay. It well, was my pleasure. Thank you. Happy Halloween out there, Las Vegas. Okay, then. Thank you again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay.
Okay, we are back with more of Film Festival Radio Show. We are having some fun. This is one of our Halloween shows, as I mentioned earlier. And uh, we're going to have a second Halloween-themed show next Saturday. Of course, that will be Halloween day, night, weekend. Yes, absolutely. So we just finished talking about the five cities that are the most haunted cities in America to spend a weekend, according to TravelChannel.com. And uh, I'll, I'll keep that in mind next time I visit one of those cities, especially New Orleans. But, you know, we kind of already knew about New Orleans, but those others were a little bit kind of surprising to me, some of those uh, landmarks here. But anyway, that brings us to our next guest here, our first guest, I should say. Our first guest is uh, Juliet Landau, and we best knew her when she played as uh, Drusilla on Buffy the Vampire Slayer and also the spinoff show Angel. We all remember her so well, especially her characters. And now, Juliet has been very busy since those shows ended, and she has a new film that she is uh, the director of. It's a full-length uh, film, and this makes her directorial debut. The title of the movie is called A Place Among the Dead. It will be released on November 9th, and the theme of it is so significant for Halloween, of course. Uh, it's a film, but it's, it's a documentary of sorts, and what it does is that it's an exploration of the cultural obsession that we, especially here in America, have with vampires. Yes, what is it about us and vampires that that we just can't get enough? It doesn't have to be Halloween. It can be any time of the year. Yeah, 365 days, 52 weeks, 24-7. If it's a vampire, something going on, something, something, we love it. We don't care what time of year it is. So this film explores why is that? What is it about our culture that just loves vampires? So the film goes into uh, kind of a true crime mode and it, it just goes into the reality of why people love vampirism so much. It, have we taken it too far? And it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. There's some imaginative uh, elements to it. Creative side, of course. And then the movie does interview some of our favorites from this genre, Gary Oldman, Anne Rice, uh, Robert Patrick, just to name a few, all make appearances in this new film, A Place Among the Dead. And again, this is Juliet Landau's directorial debut, and I'm kind of fascinated in knowing why is it that we are so fascinated about the whole topic and subject and genre of vampires. Well, hopefully this film will answer some of those questions. But before that, let's get to Juliet, and she's going to come on board here, and we will talk with her to find out more about her movie and what it's like to make her directorial debut as a director. So let's bring up Juliet right now. A chat with you here. So let's get rolling really fast here. So Okay. You have coming up uh, November 9th, you will be making your directorial debut. How exciting. And the full-length film is called A Place Among the Dead. Wow. Juliet, I think that title, just the title scares me. So, <laughs> good title. 
It's doing a great job, a great job. So uh, not only is it, as I said, it's, your, it's a big movie coming out, but it's your directorial debut. So my goodness, yeah. I understand this is about vampires. So fill us in on the rest of the story. Well, absolutely. It's, it's, it's really about the repercussions of growing up under the sway of narcissism and evil. And I use the vampire genre really as a way to lull the audience into a sense of safety to explore some radical ideas. And, um, you know, of course, I wanted to make an entertaining movie, but I also wanted to make a movie um, that that provokes discussion and opens up a conversation. And so uh, what type of research did it require for you to do? Did you go over to the Transylvania area of the world and research, or what did you do? Well, um, not, not so much in terms of that, but the movie is crafted as part fact, part fiction, part fantastical. I mean, it's entirely scripted. But there is a blur in terms of, so I did do research, and there's stuff, you know, from my own own life and all of the actors. We have an incredible cast. I star in the movie. We have Gary Oldman, Ron Perlman, Robert Patrick, Lance Henriksen, Joss Whedon, and best-selling author Anne Rice appearing for the first time ever in a movie. And we all play alter ego versions of ourselves. So, um, you know, I worked with, with, with the actors to sort of script their, they have scripted interviews and stuff so that we would capture how, what, you know, what, what they're like. And obviously did um, other kinds of research. There's like a crime element in the, in, the, in the movie. And so did, did research with that, talked to a criminal profiler, um, our, our police officer in the movie is actually uh, it's, it's a woman, uh, uh, Detective Sal, Sally Erickson, but she's based on uh, the second in command who was a South Central Homicide Division named Sal, <laughs> who is a man. Um, so, so there's this very interesting crossover of fact, fiction, and, and the fantastical. Well, that is one impressive cast. Uh, how was it difficult getting Anne Rice? I mean, she's such a legend in this topic of writing and such. Was it hard getting her, convincing her to be in the film or what? It was amazing. It, it, this film had a sort of serendipitous, um, you know, that, that feeling I always sort of think of, uh, which obviously uh, shows my age when I'm thinking about records, but you know, with the way that uh, it goes into a groove and everything sort of is, is circling around, it, 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 the movie sort of had that kind of thing where um, Anne, either way, said she wanted to be involved, so did Gary, um, everybody. I think they really believed in, in the message of the movie and, and in the um, way that I was telling it and the vision, and so it was pretty phenomenal to, to get to work with all these extraordinarily talented people that all, in their own right, have ties to the vampire genre. And what is it about the whole vampire genre that just continues to get people and keep them interested in it? It doesn't matter how many books or how many movies comes out. Vampirism is just stays popular. What, what do you think is about that whole thing? Well, I think, first of all, you know, the idea of, of immortality and getting to live forever, uh, being young forever, obviously that's something that, that is appealing. We would we would all love to, to, to be able to do that. Um, I also think it's 
you know, you can use, it's such a prism for looking at our own natures. So the vampire has been used in every different kind of metaphor. Um, in, in this case, it's, it's you know, for me, it's like the, the perfect metaphor for the ultimate narcissist. But you look at other people, other creators with Joss Whedon, he used that as, you know, high school as a nightmare. Uh, you look at Anne Rice, who you were talking about, and she wrote Interview with the Vampire. Uh, her, her daughter had died of leukemia, which is a blood disease, and so she created a child vampire that lives forever. Um, Kevin Grevious, who created Underworld, he actually um, um, based that on his experiences with interracial dating. And so he created two species that don't get along and, and, and sort of the perceptions of that. Um, so I think it's a way to, to talk about things um, in, a, in a non-literal way. Yes, those are some very good examples of uh, how, you know, just kind of take the story in a whole different direction. It's not just vampires biting people and such. That, that's very, very true. So, the whole world uh, first knew you, Juliet, from playing as Drusilla on Buffy the Vampire Slayer and, and Angel. Uh, was Were you already interested in the whole vampire genre before you got on those shows, or, or what? You know, I, I wasn't so much. I think get, getting, you know, getting the role, it was a, a wonderful character with a lot of dimension. Um, and so I think, you know, that, that was sort of my um, introduction into that, that world. And then I really thought that it was an element in terms of this movie of getting to use a, a world that I was familiar with to explore ideas that I want to uh, talk about and that I think other people want to talk about. Um, but so that was sort of my induction into the vampire lore. Well, as you know, uh, all of these, I don't say all, but so many of the TV shows that were popular once upon a time, they're doing reboots. So if there's a, a reboot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Angel, are, are you in? Are you game for it or what? I'm game. I mean, you know, although I'm, I'm as a vampire, I'm not supposed to age. So maybe they better get to it pretty quickly if that's going to happen. <laughs> so. Uh, but, but yeah, you know, it, 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 I mean, it, it was, uh, and working with Joss was really wonderful. So, so, so yeah, I'd, I'd be game. Well, we'll just stand by and see. I'm just amazed at the shows they're rebooting, even game shows and such. So we'll see. We will definitely see. Yeah, that's true. They're, they are even doing game shows. You're right. That's wild. Well, now, uh, since this was your di directorial debut, what did, how did you like directing? What, what was the most fun or the most challenging aspect of it for you? Well, I, I loved it. It's, you know, as an actor, you're a component of the whole, and I always think about the overall arc of, of what you're contributing to, but to be the person driving the project, to have to take something from the inception all the way to its fruition, um, and to have, have you know, the, the uh, responsible for every creative choice um, is a pretty amazing thing. And I, I, I loved it. I mean, my husband and I, you know, we raised the phone financing, we co-produced, we co-wrote. I directed the movie, uh, star in the movie. We, um, I worked very closely. We have an incredible editor named Patrick Sheffield who uh, edited the vast-denominated Tim's Vermeer. I worked very closely with him. I to edit so that I could show him rather than trying to 
had uh, you know, the basis of where I wanted to go with things. I worked with an incredible female composer. Um, it's one of the stats in our business, a very low percentage of, of composers are female, and she's just extraordinary and, and got to work um, hand in hand with her. Um, you know, every aspect, working on the color correction, all of that, it's, 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 uh, it's such a process, and I learned so, so much. But I think I took, you know, I'd been on sets for a long time and took my experience as an actress and hopefully was the kind of director that, you know, that, that creates an environment that lets people bring their A game. And, and, and the whole point is that it's a collaborative, you know, experience. Well, as I said earlier, the movie will be premiering November the 9th. And so uh, with so many, God, I can't believe so many theaters are shutting down. How can we see uh, A Place Among the Dead? Yes, well, let me tell you, we're actually doing a worldwide virtual premiere sponsored by Max Cosmetics, and that will be October 29th. And then we have virtual preview screening events Halloween weekend. Uh, we also then are doing our PBOD run at Lemley Virtual Cinemas. And all tickets for all the above that I'm talking about are available on the Modern Film website. That's our distributor. And it's modernfilm.com slash a place among the dead. So it's modernfilm.com slash a place among the dead. And that's where people can go to, to do to get the tickets. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll make sure that we reiterate that uh, on our social media pages as well. Absolutely. Well, last question here. As you said, we are in the Halloween season here. So uh, I know you've got the film. That's, that's a big enough event in itself. But uh, as far as Halloween costumes and or you know little maybe mini parties or virtual parties, are, are you going to do all of that, or will you have time? Well, I am. One of the events on Halloween is called Tomorrow's Ghost, and so we're actually going to be doing a screening of the movie, a live Q&A, interactive, and then I'm doing a separate Q&A with my composers. Uh, One of the things that's interesting about uh, Tomorrow's Ghost is that they usually take place at Whitby, which is where Dracula was written, and so so that we're going to have Dacre Stoker, who's the best-selling author and also the great-grand-nephew of Bram Stoker, who wrote Dracula. We're going to be reading some excerpts of Dracula. I'm actually going to be Nina. And then there's these uh, uh, music and DJs. And one of the things that's cool is David Jay, who is in the band Bauhaus. He's going to be there, and we're going to, he's going to be playing music. And so... Um, so it's going to be really fun. There's breakout tables where you get to hang out with people virtually, basically Zooms. And so uh, so I think I was just talking with our composer, and I think I'm going to uh, – I may not dress up for the film tonight, but maybe for the breakout tables and the hanging out stuff, I'll, I'll have to figure out a costume. Uh, my husband and I are looking at maybe – I don't know, Morticia and Gomez, I don't know. Oh, that would be so fun. Yes, yes, absolutely. What about you? What about you? Uh, You know, if I just show up somewhere with no makeup on, that will do it for me right there. People will just (laughs) run for days. But uh, (laughs) I don't believe you. I don't believe that at all. Oh, believe me, it's true. But I'll I'll have to see. I've been invited to quite a bit of uh, activities. 
online, of course, but I'll, I'll figure it out. Well, okay. So for for the for those events, how can people tune in or click on to those? Is it the same website? It's the address? same thing. If they go to the same a link, a website link, it, it has all of the different events, and it sort of tells you what what each event offers. And so the Halloween one's going to be really fun because a lot of people, you know, this year are not getting to go out and do the stuff that they would normally do. So it's a way for us to to connect and and spend time and see a movie and talk about it and all kinds of other things. So, yeah, that'll be on that same, the that same, same website. Okay. Give us that website one more time. Absolutely. It's Modern Film, so it's M-O-D-E-R-N-F-I-L-M-S dot com slash A Place Among the Dead. Okay. Well, it sounds like A Place Among the Dead is going to have a lot of live action going on for its big premiere here. It sounds like <laughs> a lot of fun. My goodness. Well, Julia, I just uh, – one last thing. Uh, next film uh, project that you plan on directing or starring in or both that we can look forward to maybe next year? Ah, thank you. Well, I actually have a couple of different projects that we've optioned, some amazing character-driven material that I'm really excited about. And then I do have another vampire project. Um, I have a, a documentary series that a lot of the same talent has come back uh, to work with us again. And, and then on top of that, we ha- have interviewed Tim Burton and Willem Dafoe. Oh, and wow. so um, it's it's pretty exciting. And, and, and I like to talk to you about that one and say it's a little bit like uh, Jerry Seinfeld, comedians in cars getting coffee. But this is vampires in coffins getting blood. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's that. Uh, it's really fun. It's really different in tone while the movie is super powerful and, and, and cutting edge and a sort of genre-bending art film. This is a, a very much like a, a, fun, a fun ride. So they're, 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 they're both uh, dear to my heart and, and, and different. So, but that, that'll be next up, and then we have a lot of other things in the hopper as well. Well, it sounds like your next year is already booked for the whole 12 months, but I really would like to see this one, this one, uh, uh, the coffins. That's funny. That's very funny. <laughs> well, anyway. Well, I'm sure I'll talk to you about that when that's coming out, too. That It would be nice to do that as well. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. We, we'll talk with your PR person, and we'd just love to have you to come back on and we can have some more fun. It's not, man, I'll tell you, Juliet, it sounds like that you, as far as vampires and projects, you are – Turning into becoming the Anne Rice of, of, of this generation here. Gosh, pretty pretty wild. And by the way, if if, uh, if uh, you know, I'd love you to see the film. And just off the record, I've been talking. I'd love to just chat with you about it once once you've had a chance to see it as well. That that'd be it'd be great because it, it I, you know I made the movie. It's a, is a sort of to give voice what is affected many people and and to you know and to talk about it so i look forward to doing that too okay you've got a deal that's exactly what i would love to do and uh yeah it's always good i'm kind of a closet vampire person you know i'll look at vampire stuff but then i'll get scared so i'm not really uh, i'm not really dedicated enough because i'm a real scaredy cat (laughs) I, I'm a scaredy cat. You know what's funny? I'm a scaredy cat too. And the, the thing with the film is, I think more than sort of traditionally scary, it, it's psychologically scary. Uh, it's emotionally scary. So it's it's much more of a sort of psychological thriller, um, and it's a kind of visceral 
ride. But I'm like you. I, I'm I'm the one. It's funny, you know. It's funny that having been on Buffy and been on this stuff, like I, I'm I'm the one gritting my teeth and and and, and chewing my fingernails and uh, and grabbing my husband at anything scary. And I'm definitely a lightweight. That is, that. that is too funny. Well, I'll just have to get, no pun intended, get me a Bloody Mary uh, and November 9th and just kind of join in with you, you you guys there and see what happens. It's going to be a lot of fun, I can tell. Fantastic. Well, well again, Julia, thank you so much for giving us some behind the scenes and the making of your upcoming new film, A Place Among the Dead. Again, it's starts on November 9th, uh, lots of cool, great activities going on on the 29th, just the whole Halloween season. You guys have got it down, sounds like to a science. So thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you so much. It's okay. been really fun. Okay, and I'll see you next project next year. Okay, look forward to it. Okay, then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you so much, Juliette uh, Landau, for giving us some insight on the making of her upcoming new documentary-style film that opens again on November 9th, A Place Among the Dead. And so I just uh, I just don't know. Do I feel smarter because I have a little bit better insight as to why we are so fascinated about vampires and vampirism? I don't know. I, I I think I could be a little bit more smarter. Oh, just, let's just see the movie. Let's just see the film when it comes out, and we can determine how smart we are after all said and is said and done. But it's a lot of fun knowing about vampires. I think it is. But uh, yeah, got some trivia for you regarding Juliet Landau. Uh, for those of you who are trivia buffs and you especially love entertainment trivia, this might be something that you can add uh, to your trivia game next time. Juliet Landau, uh, for those of you who may be old enough to say, where do I know that last name? L-A-N-D-A-U. Hmm. Well, that's because Juliet has some very, very famous parents. Uh, her parents are Barbara Bain and Martin Landau, and they are the very talented actors who were the stars of the original Mission Impossible television series back in the 60s. Oh, man, for those of us who were, well, I was quite young. I think I was in diapers, but, uh, you know, I've seen, all of us have seen the show in the reruns over the years, and uh, that's where it all began. Long before Tom Cruise, of course, there were Juliet Landau's parents, Barbara Bain and Martin Landau, and they, and Greg Morris is also one of the uh, the main stars on that show, but Martin and Barbara were Oh man, they made that show just pop. It was, and, and of course, it had that killer theme song, one of the best theme songs in television history, and that's where it all began. And those are her parents, and uh, she's uh, inherited obviously that uh, entertainment talent as well as a filmmaker and an actress, you know, from um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, and so many other television shows and films that she's done as well. So, again, next time you have some trivia play, maybe you're going to have trivia done uh, for Halloween. How about that? That would be fun to have your costume on and do some trivia, some entertainment, TV, film, trivia, or such. So put that question in your trivia list for entertainment. Who are the parents of Juliet Landau? That's a good one. Okay.
Okay, uh, and we're wrapping it up here for this edition of Film Festival Radio Show. I want to thank Juliet and also want to thank our first guest, uh, Kat Thomas, for joining us. And I'm going to take Kat up on those offers and tips about what to do with our leftover Halloween trick-or-treat candy for the adults and, you know, take a nice bubble bath and you can have your, your sherry wine and, and with your candy, your favorite Kit Kat bar or your favorite uh, Hershey bars or Reese's or what Almond Joy. I forgot to ask her about Almond. Well, it would be the same thing. I should have asked her about the payday candy bars, but I, I think whatever works best for you. But I love those tips that she gave us. So thank you, Kat Thomas, the wine goddess of Las Vegas. Yeah, that's a title in itself. And uh, we're going to take you up on some of those offers, those tips. So that's going to do it for this edition of Film Festival Radio. Thank you guys for listening. And if you haven't got uh, your costume all together, you still got a little bit of time left. You've got to hurry. And uh, we'll just see you guys in the next edition of the show. Take care. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys on our next show. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.